Welcome to the Ain't That the Truth podcast. I'm Revy Melissa, your host. We are here to proclaim that truth's name is Jesus. We rely on the Bible to explore, understand, and grow in absolute truth. Hello, everyone. I am so glad that you all have chosen to listen to this podcast today. I'm really excited about this topic. I've actually preached a sermon about this topic. It's something that I'm very passionate about, something that I think in the Christian world we can bypass sometimes or maybe not even get to this, I don't want to say level, but this depth with God. And so I really wanted to talk about it today. Um, And another reason why I wanted to talk about it today is because the next podcast episode that you will hear We will have special guest, Pastor Cherokee Parker, who happens to be one of my best friends and my mentors, will be here and she will be a guest talking about purity, talking about purity culture, just talking a lot about that, about her journey, um, how she has helped her kids live a life of purity, her thoughts and her opinions on that. And so we're going to just have a conversation with her about purity because purity is something that needs to be talked about. In sense of what does the Bible say about purity? How can we raise a generation who lives a life of purity? But today we're going to focus on intimacy with God. And a little bit about what that looks like about intimacy with others. And of course we're not talking about physical intimacy because that might be where your mind jumps to. But we're talking about an emotional, mental, emotional, just intimacy and deep connection and relationship with God. What does that look like? Um, What are some things that kind of prevent people from intimacy with God? Maybe prevent us from fully getting intimate and um, deep in connection with God? What, What things sometimes stand in our way of that? I wanted to talk about this because I'm hoping that I can help you, you, any of you all, to build just a deeper relationship with Jesus and, and to really know what that looks like. So... There's a couple of scriptures that, that come to mind when I think of intimacy with God. And when you're intimate with somebody, you really, really know that person. Like you know the intricate details of that person. For example, when you think about a marriage and a relationship, two people who are intimate with each other, like again, not physically, but just emotionally, mentally, and, and relationally just intimate with each other, they know a lot about each other. They know what, what each other likes, what each other doesn't like. Oftentimes, you'll see married couples, they can complete each other's sentences because they essentially know what they're going to say before they say it. That's intimacy with somebody. And God wants that intimacy with us. And see, God already intimately knows us. He knows the hairs on our head intricately, what we're going to think and say before we say it. He knows us so well. And we need to get to that point where we want to know Him that well. Now, am I ever going to be able to read the mind of God? No, because he is infinite, I'm finite. But if I can just have that deep relationship with him, I'll be able to withstand the snares of the enemy. And honestly, life will be much easier to live because I'll be living in the shadow of his wings, letting him carry me through life as I walk in obedience to him. So a couple of scriptures that come to mind when I think of obedience with God. The first one is Psalm 139, 1-6. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. 
You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. And there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. So this talks about how he knows the words that are going to be on our tongue before we even say it. He knows the ways of our heart. He knows when we're lying down or when we're rising up. He has known us. And that we'll never be able to obtain that high of a knowledge. But it is wonderful. Another one is Psalm 13. And, and, and if you know anything about the book of Psalms. So the book of Psalms is basically... David and you know they, they they suspect there might be another author, but at least David for King David for most of them was was writing and it's almost if you want to think about it in a modern term, it is kind of like his journal where he journals out to God and, and, and some of them are like, God, you're so wonderful. I praise you because of your majestic creation and it's so just you can tell he's having a really good time. And he's really feeling the blessings of the Lord. And there's some times where he is struggling. And if you know anything about King David, I mean, he had a lot of struggles in his life, including the issues that he had with with, with King Saul and everything else like that. So um, the mistakes that, that King David made. So there was a lot of hardship in his life and a lot of rejoicing done in his life. And so I love the book of Psalm for that because... In a sense, it's God's way of telling us, hey, it's okay that you're going to have rough days and you're going to have good days. Bring both of those to me. Because essentially that's what King David does in the book of Psalms. Is that no matter what he's feeling, whether he's in the highest of highs or in the lowest of lows, he always brings it back to God. And we should be doing that. God should be the first person that we want to bring any of our problems to. And um, it's unfortunate that there are so many people that would rather bring their problems basically to any other person other than God. God's the only one with the solution to our issues. And so if we're not bringing it to him, then really we're not helping ourselves out much. Not, And I'm not saying that therapists are not good. They're also good to talk to, you know, talking to, you know, your really close friends about what's troubling you. That's fine. But our first thought should be bringing it to Jesus. Sorry about that. I had to take a drink. So Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in myself, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So again, you see here, King David, he is just laying his woes at God's feet and saying, here is where I am at. And God wants us to do that. I think sometimes we think as Christians, oh, I can't be angry right now. I can't be sad about this. Like as Christians, we're supposed to have be happy all the time. That is not the case. We should live in the joy of the Lord all the time. But joy and happiness are two different things. Because happiness is fleeting. I'm not happy all the time. If I'm having and dealing with a stressful situation at work and not really feeling well, you know what? I'm not happy in that moment. But I can still live in the joy of the Lord. So there is that difference. And 
There is nothing that delights the Lord more than when we bring our issues and our junk to him. You know, and that might sound crazy. Yes, he loves it when we celebrate with him and when something good goes on in our life. But it brings a special smile to his face. Not that we're going through the junk, but that we're offering it to him so he can help us because he has all the answers. And so King David is an example to us of what true intimacy with God looks like. He is bearing it all out there. Yes, of course, King David knows. How long will you hide your face from me? Will you forget me forever? King David knew in his heart of hearts that, of course, the Lord was not going to forget him forever. He knew that in his heart of hearts. But in that moment, that's what he was feeling, and he was laying it down at Jesus. He was being raw, real, and transparent. That's a part of intimacy. And so I want everybody to be able to experience that kind of intimacy with God. I know that I have a lot in my life experienced that intimacy with God. And, and do I sometimes take my intimacy to God to other other people instead of to God the intimacy that I want with God sometimes I share it with other people and not God yes we all make mistakes and we all fail however the goal is to be intimate with him to bring our troubles to him first and let him heal what needs to be healed take care of what needs to be taken care of one of my most favorite though out of all of the bible in all of its intricacies, my favorite moment of intimacy with God happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is right before Jesus is going to go to be betrayed, and he knows what's happening. And he goes to the Garden to pray. Now, I'm going to read this scripture because I think it is so profound in showing us intimacy with God. It says, Matthew 26, 36-46. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply depressed, distressed. Sorry. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again a second time he went away and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if, if this cup cannot pass from me, nonetheless I drink it. Your will be done. And he came and found them sleeping again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away, and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, that hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So we see Jesus in the most vulnerable state that he's been in. Because you've got to understand, when Jesus came to her earth, number one, he was fully God. Let's make that very transparent. He did not lay down his his deity by any means. Yes, did, did he go around living like he was a king in all the pomp and circumstance? No, he didn't. But he was still fully God. But he was also fully man. And so, and that's hard for our minds to, to comprehend how he could be God, fully God and fully man at the same time. But Jesus did. He came here and was fully God. And fully man. And so you've got to understand, like, there was a conflict, an internal conflict between the two parts of who he was at that moment. 
Because, of course, you know, the fully God part of him and, and the connection that he had with Jesus, uh, he had with God, you know, God the Father and Jesus the Son, they had such an intimacy. And we, we should want to mimic that for sure. Um, but um, you see here where, where the flesh is like, ah, oh, I don't want to have to experience the pain and the suffering that I'm about to experience. But at the same time, he knows it's the will of his father. And so he's like, ah, I don't want to do this, but your will be done. And that is such a beautiful part that he's willing to say to God the Father, knowing it's his will. God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Father, please take this cup for me. But at the end, he is obedient, of course, and he dies for the sin of all humanity. He dies that we might have life in life more abundantly it is amazing but that is just most just the most beautiful story um an account event in history of intimacy with god and i want to get to that point where where i can just be fully transparent with him god i don't want to go through this but if it's your will then then i will go through this but help me help me help me i want to have that kind of intimacy of letting him know my deepest fears, letting him know my deepest insecurities, letting him know my, my deepest thoughts and, and, and failures and just laying it out before him saying, take it, Jesus, and, and, and make something beautiful out of it. So I want to take a few minutes now that we understand what intimacy with God is. I would like to take a few minutes and talk about what keeps us from intimacy with God. There are a lot of things, and, and this, so this is not a comprehensive, all, albeit list, but there are a lot of things that can keep us from intimacy with God. And there are three things that, that will keep us from intimacy with God. And the first one is fear. For those of us who have, have, have been hurt, in the past by by relationships and people that we've gotten close to and, and told you know the deepest darkest secrets that we had and, and the humans have failed us that over time i think leads to fear of not wanting to be intimate with anyone but what we don't understand is that you know god is is never going to fail us god is is never going to forsake us god is never going to you know betray us and um you know gossip about what we tell him you know that is literally the best thing is that i can lay everything out at the feet of jesus and he doesn't go and speak it to you know everybody else like this is what Melissa's is going through right now let's let's make fun of her no he takes it and he just pours his healing over oil over it and, and starts washing it away and starts helping me deal with the things that I need to deal with. It's such a beautiful, 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 beautiful thing. And so, but we, a lot of times we allow fear to get in the way of that. Isaiah 43, 1, but now thus says the Lord who created you, Jacob, and he who formed you, Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. That is such a beautiful, 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 beautiful verse because Jesus is saying right here, God is saying right here, you are mine. I have redeemed you. Fear not, come to me. You are mine. 
And then Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. God is with us through everything that we face. And even when we bear out all of the deep and darkest things, that's not going to cause him not to love us anymore. That's not going to cause him to say, well, she's not mine anymore because look at what she's going through. No, instead he looks at us and says, that is my beautiful child and I am going to walk with her through this and we're going to get through this together. I'm going to heal her. I'm going to redeem even these deep, dark wounds and places in her. So speaking of wounds, that's the second thing that keeps us from intimacy with God. I have kind of been overwhelmed lately. So I like to do research on why people are falling away from Christ. I like to watch those um, deconstruction videos where um, people are talking about their journey of going from being believers to, to, to not being believers. And I don't watch that because I'm personally seeking, you know, whether or not I want to deconstruct or anything. For me, it's, it's research, really, to understand people and why people are falling away from Christ and then therefore hopefully be able to combat that a little bit in the way that I minister to others. And I would say, now I don't have any statistics, but in just what I have watched, and I have not watched at all because there are probably a million videos you can find out there on the internet of people in podcasts or on YouTube videos or whatever, or blog posts, whatever, sharing their deconstruction journey. But from just the handful that I've listened to, I would say that 65 to 70%, if not more, started their deconstruction journey because of wounds in the church, because they were hurt by church leadership, because people in within the church and within the body of Christ failed them. They got hurt by the church and therefore was like, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I don't want to be a Christian. Maybe I don't want to be a follower of, of Christ. Maybe that's not what this is all about because they have been hurt. Or like I said before, when I was talking about fear, you've been hurt by somebody in the past. When you've become intimate with them, they've ended up walking away and, and, and not loving you. And so you have that wound. Wounds will keep us from intimacy with God. Wounds will keep us, you know, kind of holding Jesus at arm's length and not letting him in too close. That's not the kind of relationship that we want with Jesus. And that's surely not the kind of relationship that he wants with us. He wants to be all up in our business. He wants to be in every part of our life. He wants to restore and heal and redeem every single aspect of our life. But he is a gentleman and will not do that unless we invite him into those rough places, into those deep depths. And so please do not let wounds get in your way. And there's a couple of scriptures to, to kind of back up this and, and everything. And I want you to know that this scripture was written, you know, so long ago, but it is still so relevant for today. The Bible is so relevant today. It is relevant about what we're going through today. It's so timeless and it's so wonderful. But it just means that Jesus knew when he was the inspiration for the word, Jesus knew that, that we would deal with wounds, that we would deal with fear, and that we would deal with hurt. And so he wrote about it to let us know, I know, and I want to be there. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such 
as have a contrite spirit. And then it says in Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Those that have a broken spirit and a broken heart and, and who are, are, are wandering, those are who God came for. You know, he did not come for, for the healthy. He came for those that are not healthy. The third thing that kind of keeps us from intimacy with God is pride. Pride is talked about so much in the Bible. It's one of those sins, you know, that that he hates, that he hates all sin, but he just has a special hatred in his heart for pride because pride separates us from Jesus because we're not humble to go before him and lay it all out. There are those of us that don't want to admit those of us as if I'm pride. Um, that was beautiful. But I do have certain prides in my heart. I think we all do. Um, so, I mean, just there you go. Intimacy, you know, and being transparent. There are some things maybe that I have pride about that I need to to let go of that pride and say, you know what? You're not perfect in this area. Lay this area at the feet of Jesus. Um, just like everybody who is listening, there's probably some area in your life where maybe you have some pride and maybe you don't even realize it. Um, but pride Will lead us to not being intimate with Jesus because what pride does is it says I've got this all figured out I don't need God in this area of my life I don't need God to heal this because I've got this that is such the wrong attitude because we cannot fix anything on ourselves we can't do it because if we could there'd be no need need for Jesus no need for God but no we can't so here's a couple of scriptures about pride James 4 6 but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Psalm 138.6 Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar off. He regards the lowly, those that are humble, and say, you know what? I, I don't have it all figured out. I need Jesus. Let him help me. So, what leads us to intimacy with God? So, we talked about what keeps us from intimacy with God. What leads us to intimacy with God? Well, the first one, and, and, it, and it sounds super simple, but it's so important. What leads us to intimacy with God? Knowing him. Knowing God. Now, we've talked about in previous episodes when we've talked about the, the aspect of, of knowing and of knowledge is that there's a difference between knowing of something, knowing about something, and really knowing something. So this is talking about that really knowing God. Now, how do we get to really know God? Number one, through prayer. The best way to get to know some, know something about somebody is just talk to them. Talk to them. Ask them questions. See what their responses are. Being in communication, so praying. Now, we have to understand that prayer tends to be a monologue. We tend to want to just lay it all out there, and our wants and needs. And then we just say, okay, amen, thanks God, and we don't take time to listen. So prayer should be a dialogue. That's how we get to know God is we can lay our stuff out at him, and then he can talk back to us. And it really lets us know how he feels about us, his heart for us, his heart for his people. So one of the scriptures that I love about knowing God is Jeremiah 31, 33-34, it says, but this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their mind and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, and I will remember no more. I love this because it says no longer shall they be asking to know the Lord, but they shall all know him from from the 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 kings of this earth and and those in leadership and authority to the lowest of lows will know God. And that's such a beautiful picture. And that's the heart of Jesus. He wants to know us. He wants us to know him and he wants to know us. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus wanted relationships. That's one of the reasons why he created mankind to begin with is because he wanted people to love and he wanted people to have relationship with. The second thing that leads us to intimacy with God is trust. Trusting that God is never going to hurt us. Trusting that he's never going to abandon us. Trusting that as we talk to him about what is going on in our life, that he is going to take that and he is going to heal us and not just you know spread it around or use it to his advantage, let's say. But he is literally just going to take what we offer to him and he's going to redeem it. He's going to make beauty from ashes. A couple of scriptures about trust is Psalm 62, 5. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. It, we, When we trust in him, we, we live in this expectation that he is going to come through for us every single time because the word says that he's going to. The third thing that leads to intimacy with God is love. God is love, and he has such intense, intimate, all-encompassing love for us. And we should, therefore, have that love for him and when you truly love somebody you love them despite their flaws when you truly love somebody so whenever you say your vows at your wedding and hopefully you're marrying someone that you really really love you are saying you know i'm going to love you in sickness and in and in health and in richer or for poor for better or for worse saying in all these things i'm with you living life with you and I'm going to love you through the tough times and that's God's love for us is that he doesn't just love us when we're when we're not sitting and when we're doing really good and when we're on our highest of highs but he loves us at our lowest even when we're messing up he loves us and the greatest I think scripture on love is Romans 8 38 and 39 for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things in the present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is so beautiful. God wants us to have intimacy with him. He longs and he desires for that. He is constantly pursuing us, but he does it in such a gentle way because like I said, he's a gentleman and he's not going to force himself on anybody. We should be pursuing him too. We should be pursuing him too. Pursuing a deeper depth and relationship with him too. So I wanted to spend most of my time today talking about intimacy with God. But I do want to note that this can be translated into intimacy with others. 
You see, because God desired us to be a body of, of Christ, to be a body which is which is a family. He, he wants us to be a family with each other. That's why we have church, and that's why we have people that have different talents and different gifts, is so that way we can come together and make one beautiful body of Christ. But part of that is so that way we can help each other. You know, the Bible talks about bearing each other's burdens and, and being a comfort to each other. But there are a few scriptures that I want to read. He wants us to have that intimacy that we have with him, with others. Maybe not to the, the extreme that we have it with, 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 you know, Jesus. He should be our number one homie. Like, let me just say that Jesus is my number one. My best friend here on this earth, she knows that she is my best friend. Shout out to her. It's her 30th birthday today. I love her to pieces. I love her. She's amazing. But Jesus is always going to be my number one, and she knows that. Jesus is my number one bestie, my number one savior, my number one everything. He is who I'm living for. She's always going to come second, and she knows that, and that's the way that it should be. But I feel like I'm pretty intimate with her in regards to, you know, she knows pretty much everything that's going on in my life. She knows when I'm struggling. She, she, you know, I can talk to her and confide in her anything. And she still loves me through it. But Jesus is still my number one. But he does want us to have that intimacy with others. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. First Thessalonians 3.12 and. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. In Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So loving each other um, when times are good and loving each other when times are bad. So that is today's episode, just talking about intimacy. That's what Jesus wants. Like I said, he's constantly pursuing us, and he wants us to come to him too. He wants that closeness with us. He wants to redeem those dark places that we think are just unredeemable. Jesus wants to be there with us, with us through it all. And so I do want to say a short prayer before we kind of exit the situation and exit this episode, but I do want to say a prayer. Dear Jesus, God, I thank you that you love us and that you want intimacy with us. You want that closeness because you want to take the deep depths and those dark in kind of unwanted places maybe that are inside of us. And you want to redeem them. You want to turn those ashes into something beautiful. And you do. When we allow you to, you take what is broken and you make it into something beautiful. And that's something so wonderful about you. Something that I can never thank you enough for how you have done that in my life. And Jesus, I just pray for anybody who listens to this episode. That it would encourage them to desire and to, to, to pursue that level of just intense intimacy with you that you would be the first person that they would want to bring their problems and their troubles and um their shortcomings to that they would want you to illuminate those dark and deep depths of their heart and to redeem it and to make it beautiful jesus i say that anybody who is here who has fear god fear has to flee in the name of jesus and so i pray that that fear no longer exists for those who have experienced wounds from people in the church, from people in their past who they thought were good Christian people and good followers of Christ that hurt them, that betrayed them. Father God, I pray that you would, they would come to you and you would be able to patch up those wounds, that you would be able to put your healing oil on those wounds and redeem those situations and that they would not turn away from you, but they would turn towards you, that you might come and comfort them. Father God, for those 
that that maybe have pride and I know there's some areas in my life probably where there are, there's pride abounding God please I am asking you and begging you to illuminate those places Father God that I might be humbled and know that I need you in every aspect of my life and I and I pray that for every listener as well and God I just thank you and I praise you for who you are it's in your name I pray amen again I want to thank you guys for listening today um just a reminder that the next episode that will be uploaded and recorded will be um, me with Pastor Cherokee Parker discussing purity, purity culture, what that looks like, um, and just different aspects of that. I am excited about that episode, but I wanted to do this one first because, you know what, there's different types of intimacy, and the most important intimacy ever in our life is going to be that emotional intimacy with Jesus. So again, I thank all of my faithful listeners. Um, I hope that you are encouraged by the truth that was spoken today. Again, I will be posting this onto uh, Spotify for podcasters, YouTube, and of course, we'll be posting it on my Facebook page. Feel free to comment and start conversation and tell me um, just maybe some some times where, where you've had intimacy with God and how that worked, or maybe sometimes where you had intimacy with others and that worked. Maybe other things that may be keeping you from it. Um, Just whatever. Let's start conversation. I love you all and have a wonderful rest of your weekend.